10. Hello, my name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and this is LOP Radio on YouTube, on Speaker, on iTunes, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast feeds, and of course on lawsofpain.net. And tonight it's time for those Royal Rumble predictions and worst case scenarios. Eight matches with two hour long rumbles. Yay! <laughs> I'm going to die live on air during Aftershock this Sunday, aren't I? It would be quite a long video if I was to go through everything kind of in sequence, so instead I'm going to just blast through with a rapid fire of matches where I have such little interest going in. Like, there's not really much point me spending much time on these matches. So. Sheamus Broke kicks the little man, Andrade beats Carrillo again, why is this on the card? Reigns vs Corbin never ends, and Lacey Evans is blonde. But Sasha Bailey at Mania though, hmm. But there are predictions. <laughs> For the majority of the card, I'm going to talk about the other matches. On to the Rumble matches on this five hour long show that are actually worth talking about. Earlier today my brother made a point of, actually with these Royal Rumble shows, not much of the show is actually Royal Rumble. <laughs> it suddenly dawned on me, oh yeah. It's a five-hour show, and only two are going to be on Royal Rumble stuff. The rest is... <laughs> I didn't mind the last, the like previous structure, where it'd be like a three-hour show. You get your two hours building up to that final hour, and it worked. But this five-hour version, Jesus Christ, <laughs> it is not an easy watch. I mean, they're fun, they're just long, and by the end of it, you are knackered. <sighs> I guess it's a downside of having two rumbles. Something like this is going to happen. But I'll be talking about the Raw Women's Championship match, the WWE Universal Championship strap match, and both the men's and women's Royal Rumbles. Quite a lot to go through. I don't want this pod to be too long. Not forgetting that this Sunday, immediately after the Royal Rumble itself, I will be live on here on Lords of Pain Radio and Lords of Pain on YouTube with uh, LOPR Aftershock for the Royal Rumble. I'll be live as soon as it has finished. Yes, you can tell by my accent, I'm English, and I can mean that I am mental. I am crazy. <laughs> I've been mentally broken enough to the point where I think it's acceptable to do this sort of thing on a Sunday night. So I'm going to be, I guess, going live at 5am. <laughs> if, if last year's show did anything to go by, last year's show was... Like 4 hours 40. Earlier today I loaded up Royal Rumble 2012 just to go back to a past Royal Rumble to try and get myself hyped. The TV hasn't done it <laughs> like in terms of the meaning of the TV existing in the first place. And I saw the length of the pay-per-view and that was 2 hours 40. I was just like, oh, yes. <laughs> Those were the days, my friend. But no, this Sunday at 5am I, I now log on to YouTube and Spreaker and do a live show <laughs> to get posted on lotspain.net and everything because I'm crazy. I'm not going to bed till 7am. Maybe. <laughs> if Royal Rumble gives me a lot to talk about, that is. Normally they do. This is my first time, this will be my first time covering something on Lots of Pain Radio for one of these five hour shows. The longest I've done so far is SummerSlam. I feel like I've not been doing this that long, but it's been like half a year. I was meant to be temporarily filling in, now I've done like all of them. Anyway, so four matches to talk about, so let's kind of blast through them. The Raw Women's Championship match, uh, Becky Lynch, the champion versus Asuka, uh, Lynch and Asuka 2. The rematch from last year's opening match at the Rumble. The one woman on her rise to the top that Becky Lynch hasn't beaten. To prove she is the man at the top, she needs to prove it by climbing that one mountain that knocked her flag back down last year. Given how much the previous bout has been relevant in the build for this, I'm expecting callbacks galore as Becky hurdles things she was previously unable to do, and my prediction is that she successfully does so. 
I feel like Becky Lynch is going to be taking her championship reign all the way to the, not, maybe not the main event of WrestleMania again, but she's going to be champion for the full year all the way to WrestleMania again. I don't really feel like shenanigans are going to happen. That makes sense as a thing to do. She was crowned top dog at WrestleMania last year and she stayed in that position. I may not have... I don't know. I wanted to say she was a victim of the summer of chaos. But what I mean by that is it didn't really feel like her championship got going until a feud with Sasha. But maybe that works in the long run. Because I said the same thing about Kofi Kingston. The world around them was so chaotic it didn't really feel like the reign had started until all that was over and they got past SummerSlam. For someone, for the longer champions like Becky Lynch, that was kind of great. You never really got tired of them being champion because you never really got accustomed to it because the world around them was so mental. But with Becky Lynch, she then had her feverish satire and since then has been on an amazing tear. But this is calling back to the Royal Rumble last year so heavily. A feud that's been going on a little while and it's had its little ties with Charlotte Flair being in there as well and uh, Kyrie Sane, who's Asuka's tag team partner, has always been there. It's got little things going for it. Becky Lynch versus Asuka, but it also keeps Charlotte in the background for the Rumble as well, uh, whilst giving Becky Lynch a hurdle to climb that she was unable to climb over. But that's what I'm predicting. Becky Lynch was on WWE backstage yesterday, well, I mean, it aired yesterday, and she was saying that she was wanting to kind of make Asuka feel like a monster, because she got lost in the shuffle last WrestleMania. Becky Lynch was talking about feeling uh, like bad about that and wanted to really build her up as this monster going into the Royal Rumble. Becky Lynch is in her own head about defeating, whether she can defeat Asuka or not. Personally, I would have maybe put a little bit more on Becky Lynch believing that she can and wants to prove it to everybody that she can rather than being so self-doubtful because she's the badass, the man. Yeah, as in I'm not saying they've told it badly, it's just not the story I would have told, but that doesn't mean they've told this one badly. I'm perfectly fine with the way this one's been told. It's the one match really on the card where the build has been solid and haven't really got any qualms about it or like I'm really looking forward to this match. Like, even the Royal Rumbles haven't really had that great a build. Normally, you're really feeling the hype by this point, but I'm feeling nothing going in. Becky Lynch, Asuka too. I'm really feeling this. <laughs> so even though I'm just saying that it may not be like the story I would have told, I would have built Becky Lynch even more as the man. I would have really solidified it and go and her going into the Asuka match so much more confident, but still needing to feel like she has to prove these same things, and she will have some doubt, but it's not as much as she has had. So I would have told a very similar story, just changed like one tiny thing. But this is still the match that I am most looking forward to. I mean, I love the Royal Rumble matches. I'm just not excited for them. I'm not hyped. To be fair, it is playing off of last year's match as well. That helps in terms of the hype because last year's bout between the two was so good that you can just go, oh, we're doing it again. There you go. <laughs> and I, can, I can applaud it. <laughs> be like, oh, okay, cool. Yes, I'm totally down for that. I don't know if it'll kick off last year. I don't really think they need to be that poetic with it. Let me have it further down to kind of show the fact that Becky Lynch has climbed the card. Like she has become the man. She's not the opening match anymore. She's the closing one. That won't happen. It's the Royal Rumble. But you can do that in some manner. They don't have to be the opening match. I don't know uh, what's going to happen to Asuka after this. Don't think she'll be in the Rumble. She's not one of my favourites. We'll get to that later. Yeah, I've generally enjoyed this build. And for me, Becky Lynch is easily the winner. And this is a step which is much, much needed. And just all of the applause, really, for how this is played out perfect hurdle for Becky Lynch to get over. It doesn't feel like filler. It's a mountain she has to climb to prove herself ahead of this year's WrestleMania. And she had to kind of fight through it last year and failed. This year, she has to really come... As in this year, there isn't the Royal Rumble. She probably won't be allowed to do the same thing again. This time, she has to beat Asuka. And yeah, I love the story of that. And I'm really looking forward to how that match plays out as she has to... I'm assuming that Asuka... That's what I meant earlier when I said that I'm expecting callbacks galore as Becky hurdles things she was previously unable to. What I meant by that was I'm expecting the same spots, but this time Becky has to 
like not give up to those spots. There'll be like massive callback, massive callbacks to specific things that happened in that last match, and Becky Lynch either has to get out of it, or when that thing happens, can she kick out again or something like that? For me, that's where I really start to enjoy wrestling. Um, it's something that I praise New Japan with endlessly. It's that when they have that next match, it's what happened in the last one is brought back up again and it plays out differently. It's like, oh yes, I, I like that. And they have to come up with new things, new ways to, I guess, counter their opponent after their opponent does something new. Like, yes, I really, really like that. <laughs> this is probably going to be the best match outside of the Rumbles. Because of the Rumbles, you don't really know how they're going to go, but with Lynch Asker... I feel like this is guaranteed to stand for approval of awesomeness. Uh, next on the agenda, the WWE Universal Championship strap match between The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, and Daniel Bryan. I personally dug the hell out of the last match between The Fiend and Daniel Bryan. I think it was at Survivor Series. I mean, it's all story and not much in the way of the wrestle. I, for one, love it because of that. Now, anyone watching wrestling for the five-star incredible wrestling ability, this will not be for you. <laughs> At all. <laughs> the stipulation pretty much guaranteeing that even though Daniel Bryan's half of the equation, yeah, this isn't really gonna, it's not really gonna be much wrestling stuff. <laughs> As in, this won't be a Dave Meltzer five star. So I think that's what I talked about with The Miz versus Bray Wyatt. Again, another match that I really dug. You if, if, you're do if I'm doing my like star rating for the show, you can't give the matches anything more than a, like a two or two and a, two to three, <laughs> two star, I guess I'd say. But there's so much in there, within, as in like the storytelling stuff and the way that they're making callbacks to the world, the way that it builds the world and the story and the characters. There's so much to unpack that I absolutely love them. And I'm also fully aware some people hate these. <laughs> I guess I'm also lucky that my eyes can see what's happening in the red light. It's not a great lighting, because of course like everybody's vision is different, but that kind of lighting is one of the most common people struggle with, so why they've done that I don't quite understand. <laughs> it's, as in, obviously, it's to kind of build up the entering the silent hill of the fiend, as I call it. That his demonic world, you into his realm now. It's all part of the mind games, but in terms of actually watching the thing, yeah, that lighting is not going to fly with a lot of people. Personally, I'm perfectly fine with it, but that's because my eyes can see through it. <laughs> so I'm never really going to have much of an issue with that lighting, personally. There are a lot of people who can't tell a single thing that's going on. <laughs> so, personally, maybe just lighten it up a bit. Like, li literally lighten it up a bit. <laughs> that was an accidental great pun. For folk like me, I can't wait for this. Like, nonsense and all, there's so much story to unpack that I can't help but get drawn in, in awe. I love it. The Miz vs. Vs. The Fiend wasn't as strong as Daniel Bryan vs. The Fiend, but both of them involved so many callbacks, and of course the last match was that turning point where Daniel Bryan accepted he would be the yes guy, and then he's regressed back to being the yes person. The Miz has regressed back to being Miz and Morrison. There's so much happening in the match itself, when so much of it is like callbacks to moments, and of course this match is focused more on the build of the Wyatt family, kind of relationship between Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan, whilst last time he was, I am going to force you to retreat back to the Yes movement, and Bray Wyatt this time bringing up the, the Wyatt family and Daniel Bryan and their feud back in 2014 at the Rumble, because of course with this being at the Rumble, Direct comparison to their match at the Rumble six years ago. God, that was six years ago. <laughs> I'm expecting, just like the last match, I'm expecting so many callbacks to that, and I'm also expecting not a lot of people to get them. I should probably watch their match from the last Royal Rumble before going into this one. That'd probably be my recommendation. My prediction <laughs> is that it'll be really necessary to watch that previous match. I'm not too sure about the feud around it. There'll maybe be a few callbacks, but people on Twitter will, pull, will uh, like point those out. 
But in terms of the actual match itself, there's normally so much content to unpack in these matches that there is a lot there. It's just not going to be a five-star wrestling match or even close. And the fact that it is a strap match <laughs> guarantees that, I feel like. They'll make it entertaining, but it'll be, it'll be the nonsense we've seen in the other Fiend matches. This won't be any different. This won't be the one that suddenly changes your mind on it all. But it will be in tone with the rest of it, the way that it's, for me, so strong in the storytelling and character building department that I can, but I can totally understand somebody who watches wrestling, I guess, more and more for the wrestling part will hate this. <laughs> but I love this, <laughs> so I'm totally down for it. But I'm go- in terms of predictions, I'm going with The Fiend to win. My uh, like personal prediction for WrestleMania is The Fiend Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns. I wouldn't be surprised if they do Lesnar Reigns, but I would be so bored by that. I'd rather they eliminate Reigns via somebody, even if it's Cain Velasquez. I'd much rather that than Roman versus Lesnar again. It's not going anywhere. Him beating Lesnar has no kind of meaning anymore because everybody's beating Lesnar and then he just wins the title back. So why not just beat somebody else? I'll just move on from Lesnar. He can be a champion, but just move on from him. And maybe one way to solidify that is even if Lesnar goes into WrestleMania's champion, it's Roman Reigns the Fiend in the main event. That would be my kind of, my way to get around it, is if you do that. Of course, that also depends on who wins the women's match, but we'll get to that later. But personal prediction here is The Fiend wins by the same stuff as before. Daniel Bryan hits the, I guess, all of his signature moves. He hits the running knee, but Bray Wyatt never goes down. He keeps constantly kicking out and eventually just chokes out Daniel Bryan, maybe even with the strap. Remember, this is a strap match and it's The Fiend. I don't know how dark they'll get. In my head, I'm, I'm picturing a choking. <laughs> but I don't know if that'd be that mental. Uh, it could be... Yeah, I don't know if he'll go to super violence or if he'll just find a way to get in the mandible claw and that'll be it. I don't know whether I should expect something weird or crazy or if it'd just be, again, the same pattern we've seen before, uh, which I wasn't a fan of the fact they went to this method so quickly. I would have personally built to this where he's constantly kicking out of finishes feels like they've jumped to the end of the movie in terms of the character without building him up slowly. I would have built up to the point of him kicking out of finishers over the course of a year rather than from the get-go. <laughs> you can take him down, but you can't kill him. I don't quite get what's scary about that. <laughs> like In the end, he'll win no matter what you do, but you can beat him up quite easily. I don't really do. <laughs> I like the fact that more of the horror comes in the aftermath of it as well. Even though you think you're winning, you are not. Whatever happens in the match, you're playing in his funhouse. I don't know how much to read into it, because Bray Wyatt is so creative, I don't know like how much will be all him and how much will be booking on the fly. There's so much callbacks that it feels like a lot of this is stuff is either planned or at least when they come to the matches, to have really strong continuity with everything that's come before. That's my favourite thing about The Fiend. He enforces continuity. I refer to him in my columns as the... He got in by the cracks of the WWE world. The WWE world was so wibbly-wobbly, was so broken, that in those cracks, The Fiend got in, and he is the demon that got in, that seeped into this world. And really, he's putting Humpty Dumpty back together again. (laughs) He's fixing their continuity, but he's like a demon. (laughs) He's the monster that WWE created with their world-destroying stuff. It's not that deep, but I like that idea, that he's essentially a demon fixing their continuity. (laughs) It's just, yeah, it's not that literal. Anyway, now let's move on to the exciting part of this. The Royal Rumble matches. The, the reason I've kind of blasted through the rest of the card because these might take a little bit of a while to talk about. The third annual Women's Royal Rumble match. There's five announced participants at the time of recording. I'm recording this on a Wednesday, a little bit earlier than normal because of how my schedule's working out. 
But five announced participants at this time may at least put in some effort. <laughs> Charlotte is the heavy favourite, but to be fair, she's the only one that's built that's been built for the thing in any way. There's rumours about a potential Bailey versus Sasha SmackDown women's title match at WrestleMania. Also a potential turn for Ronda Rousey, but I don't know her fitness or likelihood for return. I've not really followed her, so that statement could mean nothing. Also, Shayna Baszler from NXT could be a heavy favourite. Uh, the Rumble hasn't been mentioned once on NXT TV. After the massive main event rub at Survivor Series, there might be a chance for something there. My question really is, have the main roster of WWE, have they dropped their interest in NXT? Or is, does Shayna Baszler actually stand a chance? So I'll get to that in a second. But let's go through, I guess, the announced participants so far. So... So far, it's Charlotte Flair, Natalia, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, and Sarah Logan. With those five announced, there's almost nothing to work with here. <laughs> literally anything could happen because literally anyone could be in it. There's 25 unannounced spots. Of course, every active female wrestler on the two main rosters will take part. They've just not been announced. Like, I'm not going, oh my god, there's nobody in it. No, like, the main roster will be in it. <laughs> NXT stars will be in it. It'll be the odd legend returning as well. So expect a slew of entrance and announcements on Saturday. That is my big, that's my big bold prediction is Saturday, just like they've done with the past pay-per-views this year, in the really weird stance they've taken of not announcing the card before the weekend of the show to try and generate interest. Something I really don't agree with. <laughs> that sounds like a stupid idea. <laughs> I mean, I've tested it out. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's not worked. Because everything about it tells me it doesn't work. <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a slew of entrance announcements. I don't really need to go through all of them. It's just that every single female star that you see on television will be in the Rumble. Be it Fire with Desire, be it Lana, Liv Morgan, be it Kyrie Sane, I guess she's not been announced. Surely she's going to be in this as well. Every person on that main roster will be there. Also expecting a slew of NXT talent. Uh, my big pick, in terms of my big prediction for this match, my NXT star to make their announced debut will be Tony Storm. Also for this, on the Lords of Pain.net, I'm just getting it up now, on the Lords of Pain forums, uh, my former co-host Burn has once again put up the annual, or what did he call it, the annual... Royal Rumble game. <laughs> I thought he had a more elaborate name than that, <laughs> but no. So it's the Royal Rumble game, but everybody has a price and you've got 100 points to pick your roster and the later in the Rumble that they finish, the higher score that they get. person with the highest amount of points wins. He's been doing this for years and it, we're four years into this, not once has Burn beaten me. <laughs> I have won every single year <laughs> and that is mental for me. <laughs> so the pressure's getting there. But in terms of the Women's Rumble, like, my favourite. So I've got Tony Storm to make an appearance. I've got Shayna Baszler to make an appearance. I'm not sure about Ronda Rousey. I'm ex Towards the end, I'm expecting Alexa Bliss to do decently. Maybe, like, final five or six. Charlotte Flair and Sasha Banks are my pick for the final two. Trying to get that white-hot reaction, because even though the Rumble itself might be a bit... Like, do you me like, remember last year, where there were, like, towards the beginning, until Charlotte Flair entered, the Rumble was a little bit flat. Like, it started out with six blonde women all coming out one to the other. It became a little bit funny after a while. Just like, oh, it's interesting that all these people, all these different talents are coming out, but they're all blonde. <laughs> this is quite... You're six entrants in, and they're all blonde. This is quite amazing. <laughs> but for, for me, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, I feel like they should be the final two. Even though the Rumble might be, fall a bit flat in the middle, but I don't, of course you don't know about the pacing of it. But at least they could end on that massive high of Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, only getting elevated by the presence of a Rousey or a Baszler. That is my expectation. It could be those three, to be fair. Flair, Banks, and either Rousey or Baszler, depending on what they want to do. 
But that is my uh, really that's really my prediction. So my personal favourite out of those final two I've picked, personal favourite is Sasha Banks because that is the I guess less predictable outcome for it. And Sasha Banks versus Bailey feels like that could be quite interesting with Sasha Banks winning the Rumble and Bailey being champion. Suddenly you set that up. Who might actually win? Charlotte Flair. Especially if Lacey Evans does win the title, as I said earlier, because Lacey Evans is blonde. If she does win the title, then Sasha Banks Bailey doesn't really happen because Bailey isn't champion. You could still do it, but it wouldn't be for the championship match, and I don't expect much from that because there might be the women's tag titles that kind of rules out Banks and Bailey. Do you do Banks and Bailey versus the uh, Kabuki Warriors? Maybe I don't know if they'd be happy with that. <laughs> but who might actually win is Charlotte Flair, and they can do Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. I guess I'm not really. I don't really feel the fan investment in that. It feels like they've kind of hinted at that possibly happening. But Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, in the build-up to the last WrestleMania and throughout this year, they face each other so much that it's at that point where there just needs to be a break. And them having a program going into WrestleMania, for me, is the last thing that's needed. Like, I'm not saying don't ever do this match again. I'm saying don't do it this year. <laughs> it's just, there needs to be a bit of a gap. Like, even in New Japan, with Tetsuya Naito versus Koto Ibushi, that pairing are so entertaining, but they face each other so much this year, when it came to Wrestle Kingdom, I didn't want to see it. So it's not that I'm sick of the talents, I'm just, the pairing has been together so much that it'd be really difficult to get fans invested in it. They've been burnt out on the rivalry. That's why I feel like Charlotte Flair might win, but as I said earlier, she's the only, the reason that it really feels like that is she's the only one who's actually been built up for the thing. It's not been mentioned on NXT TV, the re, really the only build on the SmackDown side has been Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross announcing they'll be in it. However, the main storyline they've been involved with, I guess, is other people's, like Mandy Rose with Otis, and you've got Bailey with Lacey Evans as well. So the Rumble hasn't been the focus of the women's division, but like a really side thing that's really not been built up at all. Charlotte Flair, across all of the women's television, Charlotte Flair is the only one who's had a programme to do with the Rumble, which for me is mental. <laughs> She's the only one, which is why she feels like the top contender. I guess Sarah Logan's had a story going in, but it's really to build up Charlotte. There isn't much to work on. Charlotte's the only one that's been built up, so she feels like the only contender. <laughs> so for me, she has to be going towards the end, minimum final three. Uh, Sasha Banks is the other big name definitely in the match, so you've got to build her all the way to the end as well. And worst case scenario is Lana <laughs> putting in a massive shift. Like Lana, after the raging success of her main event angle, the numbers back it up. Lana's our breakout star, our top draw, our guaranteed future women's champion. Just look at those numbers. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I feel like they are at least wise enough to not push Lana to the very, very top. That would be... Yeah, yeah, that would create a few issues, I guess, amongst fans. When I say WWE, in recent years, have had a tendency to go way too hard on pushing the heels, so the show's just become heel heat, heel heat, heel heat. Pushing Lana to the top, for me, would be that. Even though we've just had a full year of Becky Lynch on top, it's the product as a whole. The heels have been on top way too much in these past two years that for Lana to go top of the women's division would maybe be a bit too far. Yes, they're booking a Baron Corbin is the biggest reason that he he elsewhere needs to be a bit lower. <laughs> he can't go as crazy as Lana with the championship. You can do it in an angle with uh, Rusev and whatever with the soap opera nonsense, but don't reward it with a championship. Right? <laughs> or if she doesn't win, then she is a major feature of it and she does really well, which again, I'd rather she just gets eliminated with Liv Morgan pretty quickly. As in, like, either Lana's in there first, and then Liv Morgan enters and attacks her, or the other way round, with uh, Liv really has to be the instigator there, and they both go out and get eliminated. No through-the-middle rope nonsense, no, they're both gone. 
Right then, moving on to the the 32nd annual Men's Royal Rumble match. When following an all-over-the-place year, anyone can win. <laughs> That's not the tagline for it. Compared to the women's match, in this one there are 24 announced participants so far. I'm going to go through them all very quickly. So number one entrant, Brock Lesnar, uh, Roman Reigns, AJ Styles, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Rey Mysterio, Eric Rowan, Randy Orton, Elias, King Corbin, Dolph Ziggler, Braun Strowman, Shinsuke Nakamura, Kofi Kingston, Big E, Rusev, Bobby Lashley, Alistair Black, Seth Rollins, Buddy Murphy, Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, Otis and Tucker of Heavy Machinery. The, the 24 announced lads, the Lightly lads as well. On Raw, R-Truth undeclared. For some reason, he is still on. If you go to www.com and you click on the Royal Rumble page, you go to look at the announced participants for the Men's Rumble, you will see that it says R-Truth undeclared after declaring or something like that. Either shudder, because Mojo's now 24-7 champion, he might be in the Rumble. They might both be in the Rumble, or R-Truth will be in it, and he'll get eliminated by Brock Lesnar in one of the first, I guess, three entrants. Because that's, that's my like main prediction for the card is, but let's just put over strong to begin with. Then you get somebody come down and eliminate him. I don't think they'll do entrant number two is Cain Velasquez. <laughs> Something like that. They won't eliminate him immediately, even though I wouldn't mind it. Even if Cain Velasquez might not be in the match and then he eliminates him, I wouldn't mind that. I know some people don't like <laughs> that kind of thing happening, but for Brock Lesnar, I don't mind it. Uh, from the Smackers side, uh, Bobby Roode returned last week and Cesaro might be likely to be added. You should take the tally up to 28. If you have both R-Truth and Mojo, that's 29. So you'd have a space for one or two NXT guys. Keith Lee, you feel like he's a massive favourite? Yes, I know he's gone up in people's rankings to make an appearance because CM Punk put him there, but I wrote these notes. I wrote these notes a few days ago. The backstage hasn't aired yet, so I could take that. I put Keith Lee and he got mentioned. <laughs> but to be fair, that's all because of the uh, Survivor Series final two in that match of Keith Lee and Roman Reigns and Keith Lee looked like a beast, so it makes sense to follow up on that momentum. But again, just like the women's, it depends on how much they actually do care about NXT or if it's now doing its job but they're not going to promote them again. It's like on Monday Night Raw, all of the promotion that they got was, oh, by the way, there's a show on Saturday. And then, like, just a side mention, by the way, Worlds Collide's on. <laughs> and then they go to the next thing. It's like, well, they're not really promoting that anymore, are they? But it's like, very quickly, just a by the way, and then on they pop. But yeah, so there's one or two spots for the NXT guys. It's, it's a pretty full rumble already. So I don't really feel like there's going to be many surprises unless you take out... Like with Otis and Tucker, they've both been announced, but with Crime Time, what they used to do is they used to announce them both, but then only one will get a spot. And if one person gets a spot, it's Otis. <laughs> or you could do the 2012 Rumble where we need the bodies, damn it. So both people from multiple tag teams enter. Oh, looking for that 2012 Uso pop <laughs> of just silence of just, oh. 2012 is an interesting watch. <laughs> I'm glad I rewatched it so I can reference it in this show. <laughs> oh, it's such a weird Rumble. Oh, the one thing I ask for the Rumble is it doesn't feel staged, and that Rumble feels so staged. <laughs> it, there's no sense of random of a, of a randomizer like at all <laughs> in that match. But let's get to the uh, favourites, worst case scenarios, and who might actually win. So, personal favourite, 2020, it's been five years, Roman Reigns. Uh, there's a question that's being asked of will there be pushback to Reigns. For me, I guess it's similar to Charlotte Flair where... Roman Reigns feels like the favourite more because the world around him was so chaotic. He's the one of the only few who's had a consistent build. The other being Brock Lesnar. I guess Baron Corbin. <laughs> but he's not a favourite to win. So in terms of actual favourites to win, so many people are being rebuilt and so many are kind of finding their footing again that there's a very small list of people who could actually win. For me, it falls down to two, Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns. Personal favourite, Roman Reigns. 
Brock Lesnar is somebody who I think should never be winning in 2020. That is for me. That would cement that they are that they have fully unable and unwilling to move past Brock Lesnar, even though it's been five years since his peak, and that's not going to help anything. Because they are they're making like money hand over foot, so they don't. Really, in terms of like the creative direction, does it really matter? Long term, the answer should be yes. Short term, no. They've got the massive deals. They've got the deal with Fox. They've got the deal with Saudi Arabia. Long term, they are going to be making so much money. Long term, a few more questions to be asked there. Because <laughs> especially with AW, who are doing their best to make the shows fun and to like please their audience. So especially as they're trying to keep them on because they're a brand new promotion who haven't really proven themselves yet. As they are doing that, and they are making the shows fun, WWE aren't really doing that. They feel like they are that business that is too big to be brought and to be brought down. They can't. They they are so ingrained in the culture that there's no way they could ever topple. If they don't invest in the future, the answer will be yes, they will. And this Royal Rumble could cement it for me. <laughs> like, do I actually go right then? That's it, and just tune out of that. But also knowing. Like for me, the reason I don't want Brock Lesnar to win the Rumble most of all isn't because I'm like boo Brock Lesnar. It's more in terms of like the progression of the company. It means that they've not gone anywhere in five years. They set stuff up to go somewhere, but they never did. And every time it felt like they were going to, they immediately reverted back to Brock Lesnar, or within a couple of months. So maybe not immediately, <laughs> but they reverted back within a couple of months every time. And for me, that is in terms of advancing and moving forward. That's a massive mistake. And Roman Reigns beating Brock Lesnar doesn't mean anything now. That's why I'd rather Roman Reigns win and face The Fiend. Brock Lesnar can do something with Cain Velasquez. I'm perfectly fine Brock Lesnar. Like, he could be champion, but not the top one. So that's why I'm perfectly fine with him versus Cain Velasquez, something like that, at WrestleMania, because he gives you the card variety. Not every match has got to be for me. Uh, Roman Reigns versus The Fiend can main event, or Becky Lynch, whoever, <laughs> can main event. It doesn't really... If he's champion, it's fine, but not as the Royal Rumble winner, not as the main event. Even if it's The Fiend versus Brock Lesnar, I don't really have that much interest in that. Even if The Fiend destroys Brock Lesnar, I don't want him to be the main event, really. <laughs> That's not what I want to happen. But we wait and see. I reckon the, the Fiend, Brock Lesnar, because Bray Wyatt and that character is so good, they could build up interest in time for WrestleMania, but... In terms of that feeling on that road, from Wrestle from Royal from the Royal Rumble all the way to WrestleMania, if I've still got to put up with Brock Lesnar beat everybody, oh, <laughs> and there's a, I've gone on for it, about it so long that there really is that chance that that is what they'll do, even though Roman Reigns for me has been built up perfectly to like away from the titles. He's not been WWE championing since that he since he dropped the title last year. He's been slowly built back up. He's been kept in the main event, but away from championships. Been built up to feel like a big deal. Or at least that's the they were meant to build him up to feel like a big deal. They've accidentally League of Nations it again <laughs> with Batman Gorbin, with the I guess mid card vortex of Bobby Roode, Dolph Ziggler being warped into Baron Corbin, and they're in the main event, but they just feel like filler for Roman Reigns, and it feels like Roman Reigns should get going at the Royal Rumble. Don't get me wrong. If Roman Reigns wins, he is 100% facing Baron Corbin or that group at uh, Elimination Chamber, it would be. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's Brotherhood versus those three at Elimination Chamber. 
uh, win or lose. Like, this feud will never end. <laughs> uh, but yeah, for me, Royal Rumble, I'm positive about the Roman Reigns character if he wins the Royal Rumble. If he doesn't and we continue with the Baron Corbin stuff, then I don't quite, I don't understand why it happened. It's kind of like it, they lost focus as why Baron Corbin was in that role to begin with if they don't elevate Roman Reigns. But that's my personal take, and I've brought Lesnar eliminated way before. Uh, there was a question of will there be the same backlash that happened in 2015? There will be definitely some people who won't have gotten over it. Personally, it's what have you done for me lately, and lately they've built him up pretty well. He finally feels like the guy who should be winning and moving on to that next generation of stars. Then he could go to the main event in WrestleMania. Don't know how you're going to realistically have him beat The Fiend. But I guess that's what they're going for. <laughs> and then they've overpowered him so much. Whoever beats him, it won't feel right. <laughs> It'll feel really weird. Uh, just don't do what they would have all is. But yeah, there will be a bit of backlash and things. But they have... He is not the same character that he was back then. There shouldn't... In terms of what, if you are going off of the product now... There shouldn't be any back, uh, pushback against Roman Reigns, but there will be. <laughs> that, that's all I'm saying. There shouldn't be, but there will be. Uh, the recent television doesn't warrant that kind of reaction or backlash to Roman Reigns. If anything, it makes sense that he should win. It doesn't feel like 2015, where there were way more popular people who should have been winning. At that point in time, Roman Reigns should not have won that Rumble. Now he should. <laughs> it's a five-year difference. They've moved on. This is his era now. They're not trying to like massively quickly change it to his era without doing the work beforehand to build to it. No, they've done that work now. He, This is his era. This is Roman Reigns' time. He should be winning. <laughs> I mean, if it's not him, then I question who. Uh, and I'm basing it off of the logic <laughs> that there has been... I'm talking like, talking of the recent build and the, what the world has been like going into the Rumble... For all I know, they're going to be putting a quick one. It'll be somebody else. <laughs> it will be Kane Velasquez who wins. Or it'll be Tyson Fury. And it was just kind of trying to throw you off the scent that that match had been called off. <laughs> I don't. Oh God, I hope not. That's not my worst case scenario. <laughs> I wrote down for my worst case scenario, Eric Rowan winning. And what he has in the cage is the Fiend's one weakness. Oh, it's so. it would be so corny. It'll be so crap. But Tyson Fury winning and just crapping all over the roster, that would be pretty bad as well. <laughs> that ties in with the Brock Lesnar winning thing as well. For me, Brock Lesnar winning the Rumble, the issues I have with it are more because it, once again, puts that glass ceiling over the entire roster. And I've said it before, WWE aren't moving anywhere until they move past Brock Lesnar. And they've not done it for five years, and that's why they're in the exact same place that they have been all along. In terms of like the casual audience or some like the non the wrestling fans who want wrestling nerds like me, that I I assume that they're fine with him being champion because he's such a draw. He still gets such a strong reaction at the live shows. But in terms of a progression type of thing and moving on to the future, that they've been stagnant now for like three or four years and they have to move past it. But they seemingly don't know. Well, I was gonna say I was gonna say don't know how, but they don't want to. So why would you move? If, yeah, why would you move? Why would you need to? So, yeah. Oh, personal favourite Roman Reigns. Somebody from this generation. Who might win a status game, but Lesnar, my worst case scenario. Either now, Eric Rowan and his cage. Turns out it was the cage that was the thing that would defeat the Fiend all along. Or Tyson Fury. And he set up that. I'd prefer, like, I'd even prefer Cain Velasquez over that. <laughs> like Tyson Fury would be the massive celebrity draw for WrestleMania. 
Now, I'm fine with him having a match. I'm fine with him having a spot because WrestleMania, uh, in terms of the celebrity guest appearance and the their uh, their appearance on the card, I'm perfectly fine with a spot on there for like a massive variety. I'm, for, I'm fine with it being a variety show. Not everything has to be for me. I perfectly understand that. There's a re- with Bobby Lashley versus Rusev. I fully expect that to go to WrestleMania. <laughs> but I I knew from week one that storyline wasn't going to be for me. I don't like that kind of stuff. I don't enjoy it. So I've not forced myself to watch it. I've just not watched it. <laughs> End of. <laughs> and everything I see on Twitter has confirmed that. that. No, I've got no qualms towards it. I see loads of people calling it crap. And I was like, well, I knew from day one it wasn't going to be for me. So I just didn't watch it. <laughs> uh, at WrestleMania... I'll be forced to watch it. On the last pay-per-view, I wrote my notes during that. As I was frantically typing during their match at the last at TLC, I think it was, with uh, Rusev and Bobby Lashley in the tables match. So I didn't watch it. And when it came to doing the uh, covering afterwards, it was like, yeah, I saw the final spot. <laughs> but again, it's not for me. Why would I purposely force myself to sit through something I know I won't enjoy? Uh, I'm not getting paid Dave Meltzer money here. <laughs> so just, No. Wait, I'd need way more to watch those to watch something where I know I definitely will not like it going in. Yeah, but anyway, yes, Roman Reigns' personal favorite, Brock Lesnar, who might win, but maybe a tad scary. Worst case scenario, I'm changing it to Tyson Fury. Oh, it's worse than Lesnar crapping on the rest of the roster. If he does a Fury doing it, uh, and of course for the women, personal favorite Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks and Bailey. I don't expect that to happen. I expect Charlotte Flair to win or Rousey slash Baszler. Worst case scenario for me would be Lana, and they read the numbers as her being such a big draw, she must be on top of the division. Uh, I've heard quite a few people shout out Keith Lee, and as in you'd have him be the first person directly from NXT to win. Uh, it's kind of give umph those NXT spots in the future. They've set it up a bit with him going toe-to-toe with Roman Reigns at Survivor Series. Reigns won there, does Keith Lee win here? Uh, maybe not. I'd have him look strong, but I wouldn't have him win. If he's in the match. <laughs> You're the workaround is you don't put him in the match. <laughs> There's no confusing way to you have to figure out how to book him. <laughs> also, I've not mentioned like people like Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson who are with AJ Styles. Because it's 24. Then I add on the 24, one or two 24-7 slots. Then I add on Bobby Roode, Cesaro. Suddenly it's packed and you've got one or two spots for NXT lads who have been confirmed to be in the match. So yeah, it's not much room to work with with side group people. So maybe Bobby Roode won't get in if he counts as a side person, but both King Corbin and Dolph Ziggler are, so I bet money he probably is. And that's the Royal Rumble. Uh, no funny worst case scenarios, because I have to go through the whole card for that really to mean something, and I just wanted this to be a quick go through the card, like what, how are things actually looking, who are the favourites, who are the scary favourites, what's the really worst case scenarios. <laughs> Instead of go through the whole match. Last year I booked the whole match, I'm mental, I'm crazy. Uh, but who do you think is going to win the Royal Rumbles of 2020? Do you agree that Charlotte is the only favourite, really? <laughs> Should I be putting more money behind Banks? And with the men... Yes, that pun was on purpose. Uh, the men's Royal Rumble. Do, would you feel bad if Brock Lesnar actually went all the way and won? Uh, is was Roman Reigns a complete write-off for you? Or is he with me where it makes a lot more sense now than it did back then for him to win? Uh, or is there somebody else perfectly fine with the Keith Lee win, perhaps? Uh, whatever, just comment here on Lots of Pain or on Spreaker or here on YouTube as well if you're listening to it. I'm in so, I'm in so many here's. <laughs> I don't even know where to be. Uh, and with that, I sign off. Uh, read, please do read my columns on Lots of Pain website. They go up every weekend covering the past week, the massive 4,000 word beasts. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the damn Implicat. 
Uh, I'm here next Thursday on NLP Radio to talk about the Royal Rumble after it's happened. Uh, but please do check out the other shows here on NLP Radio. Uh, live after AEW, we have uh, a- our AEW post show with Dynamite After Dark with Jaman and Jeff. Uh, Fridays is going to be changing to a new show. Uh, we'll be having... First of all, we'll be having the NWA Legacy Series debuting, I think, this Friday. It's coming around quickly. And uh, in terms of YouTube, I won't be putting that up immediately. I will be working really, really hard to make a proper edit for those that NWA series. So hopefully those will be high quality and definitely worth checking out as well. Hopefully they don't diverge into copyright material too much. <laughs> if you're listening, Mizzen. Uh, <laughs> a mystic, please don't go too far. Uh, but that'll be on uh, Friday. Saturdays is reserved for our AEW pay per view aftershocks. Uh, Sundays reserved for WWE pay per view aftershocks. Uh, we might also have a NXT show maybe debuting. It's in the maybe pile at the moment. Uh, working out kinks. Uh, Mondays is Kingdom of Honor with Jaman and Jeff talking wrestling world stuff. And Wednesday sports entertainment is dead. Is coming to an end relatively soon, but there's still a few more weeks to go to listen to Plan and his guests talk about a single match in detail. And, of course, next Thursday is me. <laughs> I've already played my show. Uh, thank you for listening to this. Please uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Give us five stars on iTunes. Whatever. It really does help. Even just clicking on the page. And uh, on the Lords of Pain page, they've got random emojis you can click on to like it as I smash my sound wall. <laughs> well done, me. But, yeah, you can... Even just engagement. I don't care if you give this video on YouTube a thumbs up or thumbs down. We're at that point where engagement means more. <laughs> so we're way too small for it to really matter. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening. Hopefully, and please do join in for Aftershock on the Royal Rumble with a very, 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 very tired Brit. <laughs> I think I got across how tired I would be, by the way. I said very repeatedly and more wobbly just then. <laughs> but yes, I'll be live immediately after the Rumble to talk about the show and what had happened in, in a very tired state. As the birds chirp outside and the sun rises and people around me are walking about getting ready for work, (laughs) it's going to feel really weird. (sighs) But with that, I thank you for listening and I bid you adieu. Adios. (laughs) 